0: This episode was created on unceded Coast Salish territories of the Lekwungen and Wissanik people. CFUV has been around for over 30 years. In that time, we have worked with many radio hosts, all with their own unique experiences and stories. I'm setting out to find how CFUV has affected its community and to get an inside story on CFUV's DJs. I'm Max Monday and this is behind the mic try, yes. try, yes. try, 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 yes. I am here with the host of Celsa del barrio. Christina, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you. Christina started her journey with CFUV in 2008. Her volunteering began when she was thinking of ways to help support Salsa Caliente, her dance company.
1: So... Basically, uh, Salsa Caliente goes to the Puerto Rico Salsa Congress okay. every year to perform. And I'm one of the judges for the World Championships. Oh, wow. And okay. because those trips are super expensive and all my dancers have to pay their own way, even though they're going to do a show, uh, the organizer of the event was looking for ways to help us make more money when we were there, I guess. And because I can't really teach because I'm Canadian and it's in the US, uh, I can DJ. And so he offered me a spot as a DJ at the Congress okay. and offered to pay me. And then I gave that money back to my dancers. All of the other DJs that had been asked to be at the event had their own radio shows and had DJed multiple times before <laughs> and I'd only ever DJed a few times at the little local salsa club here and I wouldn't really call it DJing. It was more like putting on a playlist <laughs> and so um, he told me I was going to be the first woman, the first Canadian, and the first non-Latino and the only one without my own radio show to ever DJ there. I thought the only thing that I could fix was potentially the radio show so I contacted CFUV about how to get a show and they helped me out and there was one thing off the list I guess when we (laughs) got there
0: Christina was definitely different from all the other DJs attending that competition and some people were not ready to welcome this change Being the first non-Latina Canadian and the first woman to be DJing these
1: uh, these competitions, did you experience any um, any discrimination? As a woman, yes. The first couple of years that I DJed, um, people would come up to me and ask me when my boyfriend, the DJ, was coming back. Yeah. And when I told them I was the DJ, they didn't really believe me or want to talk to me at all. And... Um, It hasn't happened in a few years, which is good. But the very first time that I DJed at the Congress, they put me in one of the hardest time slots. They put me in a slot where all of the old school Puerto Rican dancers would be dancing and expecting a specific kind of music. And when they saw that it was me DJing, they all sat down and refused to dance. And luckily, I picked a song that I knew they wouldn't be able to sit down to, and that got them all up. And when the band came on to play, they actually asked if I could play a little bit longer, and they delayed the start of the band. So that was super lucky. I don't really know how I pulled that off, but uh, ever since, it's been a lot better than that. The song she
0: is referring to is by artist Ray Barreto. This track, titled Liberated Spirit, showcases his widely celebrated conga skills and you have met ray barretto before um tell me about your first time meeting the famous conga artist Ray Barreto.
1: So I was at the LA Salsa Congress as a dancer with a team from Seattle. Uh, They needed a last minute fill in and I learned their choreography and I was really really new to salsa. I'd only ever been to one other big event before and I was sitting in the audience watching the performances not knowing who anybody was and there was an older gentleman sitting next to me and I asked him, he didn't look like a dancer to me, so I asked if he was there to watch somebody that he knew perform and he said no, not really. I like to watch the shows but I don't really know anybody in them I'm here for the concert later tonight and I said oh that's great have you heard much about the band I heard that they're really good and and he sort of said yes I've heard of the band before (laughs) and he asked me if I was going and I told him that I was and he asked me if I knew who we were performing to or who the band was that night and I couldn't tell him the name of the song the name of the artist we were dancing to or anything about the band that was playing that night and um, so we had a long conversation about me being new to salsa and kind of where I was at with everything and that night when I got to the concert I saw him up on stage and he'd actually introduced himself to me earlier and said hi my name is Ray to me that meant nothing didn't tell me his last name it wouldn't have meant anything anyway and when I saw him up on stage he looked me straight in the eye and said to the entire room for those of you who think you are good enough to be performers maybe you should learn a little bit about the musicians that you're dancing to because without us you would have nothing thing and then kept playing (laughs) and later I learned that the lovely gentleman I'd been sitting next to all day was the famous Ray Barretto and I was so shocked and horrified that I came back and learned everything that I could about every artist that I could possibly find out anything about and uh, that was one of the motivations behind keeping the radio show was so that my students could learn more about the music too and not ever have to have that experience. Of course With a radio
0: show as unique as Salsa del Barrio, Christina is often bringing in unheard Latin music to the station. Why is it important to bring this music to the Canadian airwaves?
1: Well, I guess when we started... It was, one, so that I wouldn't be the only DJ without a radio show. Then it became a way to teach my students about who they're dancing to because when the show started, you couldn't even walk into a CD store here and buy this kind of music. You really had to... Uh, there was one store in Seattle that if you phoned him and asked what he recommended he would send you CDs on the float plane and that was really the only way that we got any music and whenever we traveled to Puerto Rico or New York we used to try to make lists of every song we heard and try to find out from everybody what was what because there was no iTunes to buy it from or anything like that. So um, it started just with me playing the music that I had and then being able to interview some of the top musicians when we were at these events in Puerto Rico and New York, being able to walk up to somebody ridiculously famous and say, hey, I have a radio show. Do you want to do an interview? I thought that they wouldn't be interested and I um, was amazed at how many of them had stories they wanted to tell that they felt like nobody was listening to. And... Um, discovered that a lot of them were kind of being ignored and there's not a lot of salsa music radio stations so we got a lot of pretty amazing interviews because of that and now they are sending me music all the time and it's great to keep supporting the artists that are having trouble getting played on the air and uh, hopefully it'll help boost their cd sales and they'll be able to stick around
0: Have you had any any bands uh, during your interviews say, you know, I never would have made it in Canada if it weren't for you?
1: Well, sadly, most of them are still pretty unknown in Canada. Canada, I don't think, has a very huge salsa scene. It does. I mean, there's there's salsa in pretty much every major city, but we don't get the bands touring that a lot of the other places do. I guess it's just too hard to pay the costs to fly them all here from Puerto Rico or New York or fly them across country is ridiculously expensive too. So sometimes Toronto or Montreal, but in the entire time that I've been living here, zero of the bands from Puerto Rico have come. There's been, you know, a singer here and there that comes and sits in with a local band. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Spanish Harlem Orchestra come, but I can't really think of any other bands that have come up here. So without shows like this, our dancers aren't even hearing the music. They're definitely not getting to hear it live, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
0: This track, from the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, is from the only album of theirs in the CFUV library. It is called, On El Tiempo Del Palladium.
1: Como en los de antes.
0: It sounds like you're with going to Puerto Rico and going to New York all the time for these salsa competitions, you're very much a jet setter, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what, what is like your best story where you really felt like, uh, I don't want to say like salsa royalty, but you, you understand <laughs> what I mean, right? Where it's just like, yeah. people know you, people know, uh, salsa del barrio and like the, they know CFUV through, through you. Um, how does that feel?
1: Um, I still have a hard time believing it sometimes and it's, it's mostly when we go to Puerto Rico, I guess there's two places that it happens the most. One is a little restaurant in San Juan that is called Yerba Buena and they have big band Latin Mondays where there's, uh, about a 20 piece Latin band that plays Latin jazz and their director Umberto Ramirez, um, has made a point of every time we've been there with our group doing uh, Mambo Nights where he talks about the history of all the music and plays music specifically that our dancers would be interested in hearing and makes a point of telling people that we're there and who we are. And the other time is um, Dom Perignon, who's one of our favorite bands in Puerto Rico, likes to announce that we are in the audience no matter where we are. So he has stopped the entire New York Salsa Congress to say, hey, everybody, there's Christina from Salsa del Barrio Radio. You should listen to her show and if you're in Canada take classes from her and he's done it in Puerto Rico too at some of the big festivals outside I'll be in the middle of dancing and someone will turn to me and say did you hear that the band just stopped everything to tell people that you're here (laughs) so it's kind of embarrassing but uh, it's uh, really an honor to have them even notice that we exist and to have them want to make a point of telling everybody to listen to the show is pretty amazing Christina's popularity
0: has grown over the eight years she has been with the station. But, of course, before becoming the famed host of Salsa del Barrio, she had to fight to get interviews with famous salsa artists. Back in the early days, when you were uh, less known, when you weren't having people stop uh, stop the show to, to say that you were there, uh, you said that you needed to use some sneaky tactics in order to get interviews. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask,
1: what who was your most difficult interview to get? I guess the most difficult interview to get might have been Larry Harlow because I tried figuring out how to get in touch with him for a really long time and I couldn't find him on Facebook because he's under a different name and I didn't know what it was. And I tried calling someone that they told me was his manager and they wouldn't let me through to him. And then he was performing at one of the events that we were at and I couldn't get near him. I talked to the organizers and they wouldn't help me set it up. And I really just didn't know how to get in touch with him. And um decided that I would try interviewing his brother Andy Harlow who's also famous and perhaps Andy would decide that it was a good experience and pass on my information to Larry well while I was on the air interviewing Andy Larry called the station and said why are you interviewing my brother and not me (laughs) and so I explained to him the whole story about how I'd been trying to get a hold of him and how I would love to do an interview with him and we ended up setting up an interview for not that long after that. So that was definitely one of them. Um, the other was maybe my one of my first live interviews Uh, I wanted to interview Tony Vega who's a singer and he was making a comeback with uh, Willie Rosario's band at the Puerto Rico Congress after being out of the band for a number of years and he was surrounded by security walking through the hallway and somebody said to me you're a pretty good looking girl you could probably use that to your advantage (laughs) so I grabbed a glass of wine and slipped between his security guards and put my arm around him and handed him the glass of wine and just started walking away with him. And everybody was just kind of looking at me like, what are you doing and what should we do about this? And nobody really did anything. And then I went and sat down with him and said, hi, I'm from Salsa del Badio Radio. Can we do an interview? <laughs> and he said, that's the f- cutest way anyone's ever asked. Sure, why not? And so we sat down and chatted for a couple hours, actually. Luckily, now I don't have to do things like that to get interviews. People actually are calling me instead of me having to figure out sneaky ways to get them to pay attention to me.
0: Sneaky tactics aside, Christina has made quite a name for herself as a salsa DJ. She now has no problem getting content for her show
1: when we're at an event and the bands are playing they all definitely if if they know that we're there we'll all take the time to do it we have quite a few musicians that stay in touch with us throughout the year lucy rosario from new york is definitely one of them um where they will make sure to send us any new material that they have and they're constantly in touch with us and letting us know where they're on tour and what they're doing and uh it's really fun to keep that relationship up with so many bands over the years awesome.
0: Why is a radio station like CFUV important to the salsa community here in Canada or in Victoria?
1: Uh, well, for our Victoria dancers, it gives them a way, like I said, to stay in touch with what's happening in the rest of the salsa world because we're pretty far away from everything. So if we can talk about, you know, the bands that they're going to go and see when they're on tour so that they have some idea who they are before they get there um, with the playlists that are up on our website, they can you know buy the songs that they like and start figuring out who they like to listen to. So they're learning about the musicians. They're learning about the history of the dance. They're learning about Uh, who they're dancing to and also developing their own taste in music that they wouldn't really be able to do without a show like that now at least there are more shows on the internet that they can listen to uh, but that wasn't the case at the beginning so hopefully they they keep listening and keep enjoying it and uh, also we like to try to list as many of the salsa events that are going on in our area that we can so that people get out and experience it.
0: Christina uses CFUV to educate not only her students, but Victoria at large about the beautiful thriving world of salsa in both our community and from beyond our national borders. She has used her voice at CFUV to aid salsa artists in telling their story over the air. Our last song is La Benedicion, a tune by Ray Barreto. This episode of Behind the Mic featured a discussion with Christina, host of Salsa del Barrio, which airs on Saturdays from 11 to noon. For more episodes of Behind the Mic, visit SoundCloud.com/cfuv.